it. Oh, wait. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, Ben. That's uh, going to be fun to hear how that started. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I have, as you can see, a little note yeah. card. A little note card. Oh, right, because you you did something and it got a response. It got uh, a bunch of responses, so, you know, this is good. This is good. Um, I basically wrote to Twitter and I said, Hey, uh, Ben and I are going to be recording at the top of the hour. Uh, I was an hour off, but you were quick to respond and correct, so thank you. Uh, but <laughs> I, I said, is there anything that you want Ben and I to talk about? And Ben and I to talk about. Not is there anything that you want Ben Nye to, ben Nye to talk about, which is different. Because <laughs> um, it would probably be about makeup. Yeah. I'm guessing. Makeup. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, ben Nye, the makeup guy. Hey. <laughs> He's constantly getting into fights with his significant other. Ben. Um, ben. 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 So, all right, here we go. Uh, so I went to Twitter. I asked for some um, some uh, topics for us to talk about, try to keep on track. And this is great because some of these things, I don't know what they are. And if you don't know what they are, uh, there will definitely be corrections. So since we're going to do this this time, it's pretty nice. Ben, this might be the start of our new format. Oh, it's how possible. many of those have we had? Yeah, true. But, uh, so, the basic thing is that Ben and I do not do any research uh, for this podcast. We do not look things up. This is, as people say, you want to be at the, the peak of your human intelligence and do your best to answer uh, using the knowledge that's in your brain so we're not looking stuff up ahead of time. So some of these things I don't know. <laughs> Um, and I think we should have a rule that after the show, we, we can look things up. So after if no one corrects us, <laughs> we, <coughs> we can correct ourselves the next time if we want to not saying that I will, I'm just saying that that, that would be kind of a good, a good way to do this. I think maybe, uh, so that is my thought and Without further ado, I'm going to kick it off with the first thing that we got. Uh, now, Ben, you don't happen to have these things in front of you, do you? Because I wrote this up in shorthand. This is something can, from at crud I, at Twitter. Pull it up on, at crud? At, I, didn't, I didn't see any of that. At K-R-U-D, crud. I saw a bunch of stuff that uh, Steven sent in. Yes, at crud, at crud was the first was the first thing. Maybe he wrote just specifically to me. I think it was just to you because I don't see that at all. Okay, well, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. And okay. if you want to see what it is, go to uh, my Twitter, which is at ismodian at twitter.com. And uh, look at uh, the at that at crud gave to me. Oh, maybe at crud. You know what? possible that he's a locked account and maybe that's why you didn't see it i do not see it. uh if at crud is a locked account sorry at crud but you're a locked account no one's gonna mess with you anyway uh so but, what anyway <clears throat> what did this person have to say yes he wanted me to talk about satisfaction level of snickers and whether it has to 
anything to do with them packing peanuts. Uh, as you know, packed with peanuts, Snickers really satisfies. Really satisfies, yes. Um, I think that's more of an advertisement than a scientific study, but uh, the satisfaction level of Snickers, that would be really, Snickers really satisfies. And uh, packed with peanuts, packed with peanuts might just be some incidental information they're giving, but I think that they're implying that there's some causality there. The one thing that I do want to say is that there's something about the English language uh, of whether it has anything to do with them packing peanuts. Uh, could be a little <laughs> old man saying, I wonder if it has anything to do with them packing peanuts. And like somehow Snickers and packing peanuts are related. I just thought I'd throw I that always, out there. I always have way too many packing peanuts whenever my nephew sends me a Christmas present. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> That's 60 minutes. Does anybody else understand that? <laughs> man, I got to say, that's one thing that Gen Z is really missing out on. Uh, they never or, saw Andy Rooney. Or millennials, too. You, uh, I was talking to a millennial really, recently. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised at how little of our pop culture has um, lasted these generations. This person, I was... This person I was talking to, it's very nice, did not know what um, You Can't Do That on Television was. Had never heard oh. of it. Oh. And, and I would be surprised. A... I would be surprised if they knew who Andy Rooney was. You Can't Do That on Television. I'll just say uh, what I know about it. Canadian sketch comedy Can... show with children. Canadian? Yes. Canadian and, sketch uh, comedy show with children. And Alanis an adult Morissette. man. Two adult people, a man oh, and a woman okay. who played the much put upon parents, um, and but the man, the guy, I don't know his name. Uh, he passed away in the last couple of years. I remember oh. when that happened because all of my Gen X friends on Facebook are like, "Oh my gosh, Barf died." Barf. Yeah, we called him Barf. His name was Barth. I, but you know, we always called him Barf because he played the cook. Uh, I can I can tell you this I uh, have only seen small bits of it uh, I did not watch it when I was growing up I believe it was on Nickelodeon I want to say it was it was big uh, amongst my, me and my friends we like that yeah. Double Dare Inspector Gadget those were our Nickelodeon shows uh, when we were kids in school yeah I did not watch a lot of television as a kid I read more on that later maybe so <laughs> all right. Now we're going to run the gauntlet. These are the things that Stephen wanted us to talk about. Stephen, now, who was with us the, on, the, uh, on the chat? Yes. Or at least was. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, Stephen, maybe you can help me out then. One of the things you wanted us to talk about is SN15. I don't know what that is. I think that is a SpaceX rocket. I think that's the SpaceX rocket that just recently oh. landed. Gotcha. Well, uh, gosh. Uh, obviously, I am not up on my space news. <laughs> but uh, I believe as I was scrolling my Twitter feed, it landed. Is that right? Did it land? If it's if it's the one I'm thinking... Well, uh, a lot of things that SpaceX has done, have done recently, have landed. Like uh, Crew Dragon Part 2. I recently uh, splashed down in the um, Gulf of Mexico. I watched that 
I watched that live, and I watched them uh, pull the uh, pull the astronauts out of the capsule. Oh, um, I learned something very interesting. Um, recently, that when planes, before they had uh, aircraft carriers that planes could land on, they would ditch the plane in the ocean. And then stay with the plane, and people would retrieve the plane from the ocean. And that seemed weird to me when I first heard it. I'm like, what? You just ditch it in the ocean? But then that's what we do with spacecraft. That's what we have done with spacecraft in the past. So not as weird as I originally thought. We have some input from Steven. He says, ah, yes. well, I'm, he reacts to us not knowing what it is, just giving us a straight up OMG. Okay. Uh, he says, you didn't catch the SN15 landing? Epic. It landed and didn't blow up. So, yeah, it was this very heavy rocket looking thing that landed. You know, it landed like uh, vertically um, and uh, didn't blow. I think it caught fire, but it didn't blow up. Ooh. Very cool. Very cool. Not the catching fire part, the not blowing up part. That's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay. NFTs. Now, here's the thing. Friend of the show, even though he's never been on. I think he would consider himself a friend of ours. Reggie Watts uh, came under fire on Twitter at one point in time from someone else that I follow. He was mad at Reggie uh, because Reggie did an NFT. Uh, I believe Reggie's NFT was in coordination or conjunction with, I think he's maybe in a band or, or part of a collective uh, called Panther Modern, uh, which is from a, uh, I think it's from a, is it William Gibson? William Gibson, right? Neuromancer? Is that William? William I Gibson? I think so. Steven is Henry probably Gibson? screaming internally. I think it's, I think it's William Gibson. Anyway, Panther Modern was a group uh, of like genetically modified or or they messed around with themselves somehow people in this book that I believe was by William Gibson uh, Reggie and this other guy at least one other guy maybe more guys have a, a band and they did an NFT uh, with I don't know if it was with a song or with a logo or something but some sort of NFT thing. And somebody was like, Reggie, how could you? I thought you were better than this or something. And he was mad. I didn't understand why he was mad. Uh, the reason the person was mad was because of the energy footprint of NFTs. Uh, apparently, because they're built on a type of cryptocurrent that I believe is... Like, it starts with... I think it's Ethereum. I think it's called. Uh, Ethereum is has a large energy footprint because of the work that you have to do, uh, the the solving of the items with computers. Uh, the energy that that uses could be uh, detrimental to the environment. And so that's people are mad the, about NFTs. That's one of the biggest uh, complaints you hear about Bitcoin is just that the energy footprint it, it takes to mine the Bitcoin. And uh, if if I hadn't known about that, I might have made one for a giraffe and elephant. So I'm glad to know about it ahead of time. So I did not do the bad thing. I do not. 
I have not looked into NFTs. Uh, again, I just came across them like in my random uh, doom scrolling that I do every day. Uh, uh, just figured it was something else I didn't know, so I wasn't too concerned about it. But I saw an interesting summation of what NFTs are on Twitter, and I'm going to attempt to recall it live on the podcast. I'm excited. And I will get it completely wrong. So um, the way this person simplified NFTs is that you have the Mona Lisa to sell. Somebody wants to buy the Mona Lisa. So you say, okay, give me $160 million. And the person who's buying it gives you $160 million. And you say, okay, great. This Mona Lisa is now yours. Here's your receipt. But it stays right here. Ah. You can come look at it whenever you want. You own it, but it's not moving. And then there's other layers to it. But that's the big part like, that I remember. Like they say, uh, you could even, uh, we'll destroy the Mona Lisa if you want us to. I think is part of it as it's, well. It it made it out to sound like a scam and not well, like one of those things where like ancient tribes pass ownership of this boulder that's at the bottom of a lake, you know, somewhere. And people just assume that, you know, whoever says they own it owns it. My, uh, my friend and your friend, Chris Harris, you remember Chris Harris. Um, he and I started the uh, groupie dibs registry where you could where you could join and call dibs on something and what if you called dibs on it then it was yours according to the registry so and this is back in like 2000 ooh i want to say 2006 2007 it's probably out there somewhere still so there's a chance I forgot what I called dibs on, but if it still exists, if the page still exists somewhere, uh, that I think is as legal as an NFT might be. It's like calling shotgun. Yeah, sure, exactly. I have to sit in the back seat, but since I called shotgun, I, technically I'm sitting in the front seat. This seat I'm sitting in now <laughs> is now the front seat because I called that, it. Because, yes, because I am the one who has it. So <laughs> let's move on to... Stranger Things 4 rumors. Now, Stephen, uh, as you know, is incredulous at how I know so much about projects that haven't happened in uh, film, television, and all that, uh, and yet also am ignorant of things that most other people know about. I don't know what's going on with Stranger Things 4 at all. Uh, I know they're all going to be older, but that's, you know, a given. I did I, like... Sorry, go ahead. I've seen Stranger Things 1 through 3, seasons 1 through 3. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what happened in season 3. I think that's the one that had the big boss fight in the mall? Yes. And also, Stranger Things 3 had what was basically the Invisibles, just a little bit. A kind of you know, uh, super powery kind of, uh, anarchist cabal. Okay. Uh, which yeah. Is it's starting to come back to me now. There's that one. So, so like the guy, Steve, who used to be a bully, but now he's like kind of cool worked in the ice cream shop with that gal yes. who's been memefied. So and she's like wearing that sailor hat and you see memes of her like holding a sign and people just write whatever they want on it. 
the cool thing about that was that they wanted them to be a couple and the two actors were like, let's not do that. And so they didn't. <laughs> and it was great. Actors have uh, that much say in the plot development of a network TV show? Well, in this case they did. So I don't know. I don't know. It might be that um, they were like, hey, we're kids and you're old people and old people want the kids to do this, but we as the kids say no. So, Stephen, yes? Saying something about he's, Stranger he's, Things he, 4? He's not chimed in yet, but um, yeah, I uh, I will say that right before we started today, I did see that there was a teaser trailer uh, from Netflix on YouTube Ooh. for Stranger Things Season 4, but I did not watch it, sadly. I will watch it after we uh, Yeah, get I'll the watch call it today. afterwards, too. Um, but we're true to form. See, any as soon as I heard about these things, I stopped looking for things because I didn't I, want to mess it up. It's interesting. I I'm very I'm not very active on Twitter, and normally I only get notifications when you tag me and stuff. And so, like about a half an hour before we got on today, I pulled up Twitter, and there was like eleven notifications, which is ah. I think the most I've had at once on Twitter. Well, there you go. It's pretty cool. Oh, speaking of pretty cool, it's Edward. Hi, Edward. Hey, Edward. Um, okay, going up, this is another one that I don't know about. Maybe you do. Probably Bamboo not. Bamboo Ballots. Anything about I Bamboo Ballots? I think this has something to do with the former president's campaign to have Arizona... Manually hand recount over two million ballots from Arizona. I hmm. do not know where the bamboo comes from. Maybe it's like uh, the whole like bamboo court kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the former president is still uh, trying to overturn the the previous election, and wow. it's probably not going to happen. Um, but it's still it's still a thing that's out there. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Um... I suppose it is interesting in a way that, you know, you have the, the saying that there's a guy who's in the Pacific who doesn't agree that World War II is over. Yeah. And so he's still fighting until his commanding officer actually comes and relieves him. In the same way, there will be, after even the next presidential election, people who are like, none of these elections are valid. Donald Trump is still the the legitimate yeah. president of the United States. Supreme and because he commander. didn't get his turn, none of this matters or whatever. Yeah. It's and possible. He, he, should, he should get an extra term because his whole first term was taken up with two uh, BS impeachment trials. Exactly. Uh, all right. So, oh. okay. Here, I so mean, here's exactly the, that's what they would say. Not exactly. Hey, everyone, wait. Hold on. Uh, I, I just meant that that's what people would say. Yeah, I got you. I got you. We okay. understood you. I just want to say that Steven has chimed in with the explanation of the bamboo ballots, and it is even more racist than you were thinking. Oh, jeez. Um, supposedly, the fake ballots have bamboo in them because the Chinese sent them. Uh, Hence, bamboo for ballots. For the listener at home, I'm rubbing my face <laughs> a little bit. With his black fingernails, if I didn't know you were wearing fingernail polish, I'd be worried about your health. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know. For, for those of you that can see uh, on the thing, 
You see that little line there? Did you break so your my fingernail? My fingernail polish, right, is is sparkly and black. This is a darker black around the. Did the crack. top chip off? Is that the top what one? The top one came off, and the they're not layer? supposed to do that. Yeah. So I I re-blacked it, and I think that's what I'm gonna do as it grows out. Is I'm just because I have my own black nail polish. This nail polish, I'll explain. I was prioritizing a local business, um, or patronizing, patronizing <laughs> a local business. Oh, look at you! You're so cute. You're a local business. Um, <laughs> who who thinks they're gonna survive the pandemic? Who does? Oh my gosh! So so yeah, this nail salon opened up, and Jennifer's like, we should go there. I'm like, yeah, we should go there. And Betty and Jennifer got manicures and pedicures. I just went with the uh, manicure as my toes are still still healing. As you know, I lead off with my right foot, and I separated the nail bed of my toe, of of my big toe. Does that and sound as, does that feel as painful as it sounds? It's not great. Um, no, I and bet. the other thing that's great about it <laughs> is that when there's space between your nail and your nail bed, all sorts of um, things it. can happen. Stop yeah. Stop so, it. Any, anyway, I went to a dermatologist and it they were giving me uh, medication for it, and then the medication ran out and they wouldn't refill it. They said, This is as much of this medication as you can take. It is healing, but it's healing as fast as nails grow. So it's not done yet. Not very uh, fast. That's where I'm at. So, wow, Bamboo Bell, it's too bad. Um, yeah. Here's here's something. There's a, there's a guy in Colorado who, uh, I'm not going to say his name because I don't remember it, um, but <laughs> good recently uh, he called someone, one of his colleagues, uh, Buckwheat. And then when he was called on it, he said it was a term of endearment. Yeah, sure. And somebody posted, the reason you might have heard of this guy before is that uh, there's a guy who joined uh, the Colorado, I think it's the legislature, I don't know for sure, but he was a politician in Colorado who joined after his uh, son was murdered in the Aurora theater shootings. Is that, I think it's Aurora? The Aurora yeah. Theater shootings, um, a theater in Aurora, Colorado. I don't know if it what the theater's yeah, name yeah, yeah. was, but that was the city it was in. So he, the the guy, um, who joined because his son died, uh, gave a speech saying, "This is what happens with gun violence, and I'm here to remind you every day that this about the toll that gun violence can take on people." And then this guy came up and gave a speech about how. Uh, you shouldn't hold on to anger and that the guy should uh, just let it go. <laughs> so so he's a winner let it go. is what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Bamboo Ballots reminded me of that. Uh, something similar between the two things. I don't know. Um, oh, what else, what else uh, we got? So one of the things uh, <clears throat> that, he, that Stephen said was Cooking versus baking personality traits. Now, I've heard of this before. Uh, Jennifer is a baker. But she also cooks. So it's a, you know, there's a, a gray area there. But if I'm going with TV shows, and this may not be what Steven's talking about, but uh, like the Great British British Baking Show, right? 
very positive. Lots of uh, positiveness there. Um, yeah. Whereas Gordon Ramsay, although an interesting fella, uh, much more angry. So I would say just in general, Cooks versus Bakers, Cooks seem to be a little bit more hot-tempered. Unless you watch MasterChef Junior, Gordon Ramsay mm. is actually really great with kids. And well, yeah. super supportive and encouraging. And th I mean, there's this awesome um, mashup somebody put out into the wild of kids on MasterChef Junior crying underneath audio of Gordon Ramsay just shouting the most absurd oh, no. like, insults. It's hilarious. And it's only hilarious because you know he would never actually speak that way. To right. like a thirteen year old, and, and and I've heard I've heard about this that uh, like on Hot Ones he was really uh, I saw the version of Hot Ones that he was on. Don't touch uh, your eyes. You eat Hot Wings. He was good on that. Um, and I don't I don't mean to disparage Gordon Ramsay. He's great. Uh, I'm sure he's a nice. <laughs> I never met him. Never met him. But but, but I, so I guess what I was thinking is that that baking, right? You have to be precise, but you also have to be patient when you're a baker. Whereas cooks, I think maybe a little bit more hot tempered. I mean, that I, is... I, I cook, I don't bake, but I wouldn't call myself a chef either. I cook because it's a necessity. Well, baking it just is says not cooking versus baking. So I, I mean, I think I would say the personality traits are like, like you say, you need to be precise with baking. It's more scientific. You're dealing with mm, yes. you're more dealing with chemistry than you know than like knowing how long to sear a steak. Uh, is so. So yeah, I think Steven, people who uh, like to have that more control. We were, were you? Uh, was that what you were getting at? Uh, Maybe he wants still... us to riff uh, in a comedic way on the two uh, personality types. Uh, if if we got anything wrong, let us know, Stephen. <laughs> if you're in the chat. Uh, but has Stephen let us know if any of the other stuff we talked about is wrong? No, he's he says yes, Gibson. When you're trying to figure out uh, Yay, William Gibson's, good. but I think you were trying to figure out the William part. Yeah, the William part was the hard part. But uh, yeah. but I think if I had gotten the William part wrong, he would have let me know. Uh, as people are off to do, off off to do. Are off Is to that do? uh? Let's see, Ben Billets. Oh, okay. Uh, Mike Milligan, not Mulligan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Now we have, um, oh, this is something from, now I don't know what the at is of this, but you can find it uh, with Manos Hands of Felt. Manos Hands of Felt, the puppet version of Manos the Hands of Fate. Uh, and it was, at, it was asked, uh, why is the nanny popular again? Now I don't know about this. Is it? But well, that was the that was the question. Uh, All right. And I, uh, the resurgence of popularity of the nanny, something to that effect. If you could, if you could go to uh, Twitter and look it up, um, I think it we do owe Manos the Hands of Felt uh, both the correct at symbol for their name, and then also. Um, if you could read the precise way that they asked the question. Uh, are you asking me to do this, or are you asking our listeners to do this? I'm, I'm asking you to do this, if you, if you oh. will, Ben. 
Are you you, you don't have know to the the at what are you what are you asking for, me to for do? Manos Hands of Felt? Yeah, the uh, the the username for Manos Hands of Felt. What what's the actual username? Oh oh, I see what you're saying. At Puppet Manos. At Puppet Manos. Uh, if you haven't seen Manos Hands of Felt, it's a parody. Or is it really a parody, or is it a sequel uh, to Mano's Hands of Fate? I, I would say it's a re-envisioning. A re-envisioning. That's a good way. To, yes. Yeah. You know. It's a, uh, so so yeah. Check that why out. Why is why is the nanny so popular? Uh, again, why is the nanny so popular again? I do not know. I've not heard this, but I'm going. I to did assume, not know this either. I'm going to assume that. Every season recently became available on either like Netflix or HBO or Prime or Hulu, and people are rediscovering the joy that is Fran Drescher. Yes. Dolphins all over the world listen to her laughter and find something familiar <laughs> and call back and somewhat nostalgic. Uh, in the, uh, t- I, uh, is- Fran Drescher, uh, f- uh, apparently. Also really good, and this is Spinal Tap. People have mentioned that, yeah, that and she does also a good performance Also, the in Weird that. Al vehicle UHF. However, I, 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 I did see a few episodes of The Nanny when it originally aired, back in the... whenever it originally aired. And uh, the butler... I may be getting my butler's mix up, but I do believe the, the, the butler in the show was played by the same actor... Who played Moriarty in Star Trek: The Next Generation? Whenever Kirk would fulfill his uh, Sherlock Holmes holodeck mm. fantasies, and by that, do you mean whenever Picard would? Did I say Kirk? I meant Picard, of course. You did. Okay, <laughs> just Oops. making sure. Oh, hey, do you remember that episode where Moriarty uh, became sort of sentient and uh, oh, figured out a way to leave the holodeck? I gotta yeah. say, I Even don't know if Star Trek have. ever did this, but I I had the idea way way early Star Trek Next Generation uh, that someone creates an entire Enterprise inside the holodeck with a holodeck inside of it, and then they run through the ho- Rick and Morty <laughs> has probably done this by now. But the reason that I thought of it was because at the time I I was obsessed with pointing cameras at the TV. And then you have the TV inside the TV inside the TV, yeah, and then eventually yeah. you get this swirling thing. And that was the idea, is that when you got finally got to, like, way down deep into the holodeck, uh, there was this swirly, you know, thing of, of a multiverse kind of... Uh, was it was it you that came up with the idea that somebody on the holodeck could, like, eat a giant meal and then just walk out of the holodeck and it just all disappears because it's all fake? <laughs> And then walk back into the holodeck and eat again? I don't remember saying that. It sounds like something I would say, but it doesn't mean that it was me. Are you? I'm like, things in the holodeck apparently have mass. So are you able to eat food in the holodeck or drink stuff? I think people do. So sometimes. Yeah, but do they bring it with them or not? That's a. Sometimes Star Trek was inconsistent in in their holodeck science because there was one episode I remember. Where somebody's like walking past an open holodeck door and a snowball comes out and hits them. And it's like this, you know, this comedic moment. And you're like, well, the snowball should have vanished at the holodeck door. Well, I have this idea that I'll share with you right now. Um, 
And that's sort of an augmented reality holodeck where the holodeck and the replicators, the technology combines. And if you're making food, you can actually make actual food inside the holodeck. There's no reason why yeah. you couldn't. I can see that. They have replicators. Of course, maybe the entire, like you say, maybe the entire Star Trek universe is just one big holodeck. And and in a way, isn't it? No, <laughs> it's not. But let, but perhaps it is. Till I no. put my VR headset on. Or if it is, no. Oh, uh, and then uh, Stephen chimed in with that one uh, about murder. She wrote uh, that he's hearing the same thing about murder. She wrote now. Really? Now that that could have been a joke that Stephen was making, but I don't think it was. I think it was uh, actually true. And that I understand. There's something, you know, murder. She wrote. Angela Lansbury. Oh, the the one thing I was about to say. Uh, Tom Bosley. Murder, she wrote. MSR. Uh, it's the same as the word Mrs., which it isn't. <laughs> Mrs. is MRS. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Um, I feel as though uh, I would I would really expect that that might be true. You know what I've been looking for that I can't find is Columbo. I've been looking... For episodes of Columbo, I cannot find a streaming service that they're on. I'm gonna try it again though because I just added yeah. another one. Here, try again. I want to say that I've I've seen it somewhere recently. Because I'd be interested. Now, now the one other thing I will say is that as you might have known or, or seen, I am trying to start reading again because I used to be smarter. And I was trying to think of, of why I used to be smarter. And what I realized at this point is that I am not reading. I used to read when I was a kid. I'm not reading anymore. So I started reading again, and I think it's helping. And when you say reading, are you talking just about like reading books. for pleasure? or Reading for pleasure, yes. Reading for books rather than playing video games or watching TV, which is what yeah. I normally have been doing. <clears throat> Uh, and, and so, you know, I've wondered now, should I get rid of my streaming services if I'm going to be reading? And then I realized, well, think no. think your family might have something to say about that. Well, the, you know, Jennifer doesn't watch TV all that often. Uh, Betty watches like certain TV shows. So we could figure out a way to, to get rid of some of them, but I do like the ability to watch things whenever I want to. Right? Yeah. I can't watch them now, but maybe I'll go on and I can watch them later. So, um, but yeah, TV, usually not as, not as intellectually stimulating as reading, I have found. Podcasts can be six of one, half a dozen of the other. I really like listening to No Such Thing as a Fish. And then, of course, I've got all my dropout TV stuff, which I like as well. Yeah. Uh, I recommend the episode of uh, Game Changer that is called Yes or No. It might be on YouTube. Uh, if you if you can watch it without knowing anything about it, uh, that's what makes it the best. Uh, it's called Yes or No. It's an episode of Game Changer from the folks at College Humor uh, on their platform, Dropout. And... The next thing in our list of things to talk about, this is from Steven again, the Chinese space station and the booster. Now, here's my question. I know a little bit about the booster rocket thing, 
Is the booster from the Chinese space station launch, or are these two separate things? I think it's the same thing. I've not right heard. I've not heard of the Chinese space station, uh, but I did uh, hear that this booster has gone rogue. Yes, and nobody knows where it's going to land. Right, and I believe it is the Ch- yes, I think it is the Chinese space station because I remember um, St- Stephen says oh. it's the same thing. Okay, yeah. So here's here's the thing. Um, living where I do, I hear so and and just and when I say that, I mean uh, the United States of America. Uh, and when I am on social media, sometimes there are people who suggest that the Chinese government um, released the coronavirus on purpose to get people in the world. Yeah. Ah, they're, it's their dastardly plan to get people. Um, and now, hearing about this rocket, I am concerned that people are going to be... Uh, the, well, the, okay, so... So here's what us. I understand happened. The the space station launches. And in order for the space station to launch, there's this giant booster rocket that shoots it up into space. And the booster uh, was supposed to go with it or was supposed to go into space, one of the two. It wasn't supposed to do what it's doing now. What it's doing now is it's plummeting to the Earth and may hit uh, anywhere well, that plummeting, plummeting to the Earth in sort of an orbital fashion. So it's just it's slowly coming down. It's like a roulette wheel. We don't know where you know what number is going to land. It's going to land somewhere, and it's <clears throat> big, big enough to cause problems where it lands. And and I, I and I just as a pessimist, I am going to say that people are like aha, see first the virus, and now. They're dropping this thing on us. And I bet you other people are going to say that the thing isn't actually a booster. It was a bomb all along, and this is the plan and all that, and I don't like it, Then There's going to be one camp that says it's going to deliver more coronavirus to the United States, and there's going to be another uh, camp that says it's actually going to... It's, it's actually... Uh, from the U.S. government, and it's delivering the vaccine to people who don't want it. So here's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> In other words, there's a hashtag called uh, Stop Asian Hate, which is important. Uh, I'm going to say that now as well. Um, people really uh, like not liking China for some reason. And by extension, uh, they, they believe... You know, when you talk about China, you have to talk about the Chinese people. There are people that live there. It's the same way that when people uh, in Georgia, let's say, um, have a, a bad bill that's passed, people are like, well, that's what you get for living in Georgia. Well, no. I mean, people live in Georgia. Bad things happen to them. This happens in St. Louis all the time, too. Now, St. Louis got a new mayor. And that's pretty cool. The new mayor seems like a, a pretty cool person. Hopefully things will go better. But lots of times people blame the people in St. Louis. Well, well, why are you living there? You know, Missouri votes bad. 
Why live in, you know, that's why not people have to move there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That uh, things cost less. Um, maybe their family lived there for a while. You don't know what's happening. But good people live in places that have bad politics. And, you know, so so this is the thing. Am I saying that China is great? No. I'm sure that China does bad things just like the U.S. does bad things. Um, and and for everybody that I, that's listening to me who, like, works for the U.S. government or whatever, because, you know, we have a lot of people like that that listen to our podcast, I'm sure. Um, Maybe not now, but in the future when... <laughs> right. We're flagged when, by when, the government. Or, or I was going to say, of course, when the when the government, this is the only record of 2021 <laughs> that exists yeah. now. Uh, but I'm when I say uh, I'm not saying that China does bad things in the exact same way that the United States government does bad things. I'm saying that every government, by virtue of it being a government does some things that negatively impact some people. Uh, am I saying that the way that China negatively affects some people is different than the way that the U.S. negatively affects some people? Yes. They are different. They have different things. All I'm saying is that uh, I think too often people suffer from being connected to something that they have absolutely no part in. Well, I and mean, this came great. up recently. This came up recently when the voter suppression bill was passed in Georgia. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, people were saying, "Hey, companies, you got to you got to boycott Georgia." And Major League Baseball was kind of in a no-win situation because the All Star Game was set to be at uh, in Georgia, and so Major League yep. Baseball was under intense pressure to pull out of georgia uh and you know some people are like oh it's just the all-star game it was one game out of 162 games a year but it's a very lucrative event for the area it brings in millions and millions and millions of dollars to the local businesses um just by, by virtue of uh, like an entire baseball community con you know convalescing convalescing congregating on that one small area um so they were pressured to move to move the All Star Game out of Georgia, but at the same time, other people were like, "What are you doing? You're hurting people who live in Atlanta, who work at the local bars, who are hurting already, who work at hotels. You know, you're you're hurting the the small people." And a, a friend of mine actually put this more succinctly than I could ever. He hates it that when bills like this are passed. It has to fall on companies in corporate America to raise their voices, to to basically highlight these these human rights abuses. In this case, voter suppression, you know. And so, like, we we, we can't just as a people say this is wrong. We have to say Coca Cola, you got to say something. We have to say Major yeah. League Baseball, you have to take a stand. Why does Major League Baseball have to take a stand when it comes to voting rights? And so. 
you know, I was actually all, you know, I, I was all for Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game away from Georgia. I'm like, yeah, punish them. But, you know, but but you got to re- remember just recently Georgia was, as Trey Crowder put it, the bell of the ball because they recently went blue in the last election. And we have two blue senators from Georgia. And so everybody's like, yeah, you go, Georgia. Now, now they suck because they don't want, you know, the, the current Georgian legislature doesn't want to do that anymore. Or, or you know wants to go back to being a uh, a deeply red state. So yeah. I, I I I have no position on it right now. Whether you know I feel that baseball should have moved out and uh, caused uh, you know a loss of dollars to the local economy versus doing nothing and thereby implicitly saying you're okay with this bill that was just passed. By the way, Florida just signed the same sort of bill. So you know. Are we gonna, you know, what are we gonna do for Florida to 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 voice our opposition to this voter suppression bill that was recently signed? Not go to Disney World. <sighs> Not go to Disney. Pull Disney World out of Florida. Yeah. Drain, or, drain. That's that, that's what I'm sort of drained. Oh. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, so yeah, there was a there was another thing. It was um, there's Gen Con, right? Gen Con is one of the. Uh, I think I've got it right. If I'm if I'm wrong about which convention it is, sorry because this is gonna be um, tricky. But I believe that they were they were gonna be in Indiana. I believe that they're normally in Indiana. And when the anti-trans uh, bill passed, uh, I think it was the bathroom bill, something to that effect. Um, bathroom bill. That's something, right? <laughs> that's it's, it's new my character. Super, it's my it's a, yeah, it's the, my drag name. The the only. The only character for the Goody Lawrence podcast is a guy named Bathroom Bill. And I apologize to everyone. Um so so no, but the there was a there was pressure. They were they were asking uh Gen Con, hey, are you gonna be in in Indianapolis, I think is where it was. Are you gonna be there this year because of this bill? And they I think they ended it up because there was a petition or something, they ended up staying. And one of the things that they that they said, one of the reasons that they stayed is because of that. The local the local businesses and stuff that um Yeah. That relied on them being there. And also, you know, the idea that the people of the city shouldn't suffer from something that their politicians do. But I mean that's the way it works. It's like it's like when people complain about um when we have protesters who stop traffic on a bridge that goes to the children's hospital. And they're like, why are you stopping traffic on the bridge that goes to the children's hospital? And the answer is, you know, they didn't do anything. The reason that you do things is that if people weren't inconvenienced, if things didn't seem bad, however you want to say it, if things if things didn't get annoying and potentially problematic, you wouldn't notice the issue as much. You have to break through people's barriers. And I don't know exactly how true it is, but it seems like sometimes that's the case. Uh, Unfortunately, unfortunately that is the case. And that's the only time things like that get press. I was talking to my parents recently and because there was some sort of like, protest 
uh, here recently and a window of a Starbucks got broken. The Starbucks just happened to be in my building. Busting and up a Starbucks. Exactly. Thanks, Mike Doty. Wait, wait, Speaking of you're Mike building Doty, of your new apartment? Yeah, look at look at my t-shirt. I've got this uh, Ruby Vroom tour from 19... Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, well, I've been Ruby looking at myself this whole time. 1994. But uh, anyway. Nice. It's a shirt that uh, it, Mike Doty and uh, Wheatus, the band Wheatus, toured uh, Ruby Vroom in its entirety. And Blair and I went to go see it at the Crocodile in the before times. That sounds times. so good. It was a great show. I mean, I know sometimes Soda gets a bad rap for like remixing old soul coughing songs, and he did Speaking some of, of that. Speaking of bad rap, remix he, soul coughing songs. I'm, I'm kidding. He did. Mike Dowdy. I'm he kidding. Did some of that, but it was overall ben set me very, up. I had overall to... very faithful to the source material. Anyway, the point I was making is that there are protests in this city. There are marches almost daily. But you don't hear about them because the news doesn't cover them unless it gets violent. Yeah. True. And hey, typically, when it's unless violent, it gets violent, when it's violent, it's not because of the protesters. That's that's something uh, Paul Tompkins brings up all the time. Odd. It seems like like the police show up and all of a sudden things get violent. Yeah. Um. So percussion. Uh, Stephen wanted to talk about the percussion uh, concert. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask if if your kid was one of the percussionists. Yes, Betty was one of the percussionists. Um, She's a freshman, so she didn't... I mean, all the ones who did, like, the crazy solo stuff were seniors. But night and day, between being at a middle school band performance and being at, at something like... There was a kid who played a thing... That was amazing. Just amazing. Now, the three people who played um, uh, Trio Per Uno, uh, that was really good. Uh, and that was that was the one that blew me out of the water. That was really, 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 really good. But there was one kid who did his own marimba thing for the whole time. And the... It was it was like watching a pianist play. You know how um, how Aaron Jorgensen is very good at the marimba. Mm-hmm. I was watching this guy going, "This is like Aaron Jorgensen level," and he's a it's pretty high senior bar. in high school. And afterwards, I talked to him. And I was like, "This was amazing," and he was like, "Yeah, that that's also my audition piece for colleges." And it, like, it's soft, and then he does all these different intricate things, and he's holding the mallets, and the mallets get bigger and smaller and move around in his hands, and he's doing well, stuff. Just amazing. Good luck to that kid, and hopefully hopefully he gets into the college of his choice. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, this podcast is really going to push him over, because they're going to go, <laughs> hey, wait a second. Aren't you from Edwardsville? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I heard a podcast where somebody was talking about you, I think. And he's like, yep, that was me. And then 100% Once goes well. in my entire life, was I, was, I ever, was I ever in a school concert where I played an instrument? And I played percussion. Hey, what did you play? What, I, what percussion instrument? I played uh, a conga drum. Ah. Single conga drum. 
I was in the sixth grade, so I, I was, wasn't as old as Betty, uh, and I probably wasn't as good, but my responsibilities were pretty limited. Pap, yeah. Pap, pap, pap. Pat, pat, you know that kind of thing, just for like did, an hour. Did you see <laughs> the the video of the of the thing that those guys did uh, in um, the Auckland uh, Philharmonic? I did not. Ah, so if you find my tweet about the percussion thing, I, I respond. I, I replied to it with a a video of the thing that that those kids were doing. I didn't have a video of the kids doing it themselves, but I. I found the Auckland Philharmonic and the kids did as well as those guys did, oh, which yeah? is amazing. <clears throat> I'm sure oh, my elementary school concert sounded terrible, but my mother was nice do. enough to come and take pictures. Nice. Um, also there's a, there's a movie called the sound of noise, which I haven't of... seen all the way through, but I recommend it. And I'm going to watch it now because it's about percussionists. Uh, You're not talking about The Sound heist. of Metal? No. The Sound of Metal is cool. Okay. Which is a, it's a totally different film, though. All right. Sound of Noise. I watched... I, watched, I saw uh, the trailer for Sound of Metal, and it looks good. I was, I, uh, uh, Cole and I spoke to a, uh, a comic book artist who's also a musician. And before we started rolling, he was completely... Uh, lambasting the sound of metal, and so oh, no. from his point of view, it's a terrible movie. I'll watch it, but oh. you know what? I did watch last night. I, I finally saw John Wick. Have you seen this movie? Oh yeah, I've seen that movie. I was in the I was in the mood last night to just watch like an action, you know, shoot 'em up, drive fast cars uh, kind of movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. John Wick, I think, skirts the line between like. Being like an overly serious movie and sort of like knowing how absurd it is. Oh, uh, it knows how absurd it is. At for first, sure. I was gonna. Well, at first, I was gonna watch the new Mortal Kombat, but I'm like, nah, this this movie is gonna take itself way too seriously. I want a movie that like winks at itself every once in a while. Hotel Artemis is like that as oh, yeah? well. Yeah, it seemed it 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 feels like it's in the John Wick universe a little bit. Uh. But if you like John Wick, uh, there's another You'll movie John that you Wick might too. like. Oh, damn it, that was exactly what I. But, <laughs> but but here's the thing: the reason I was going to say it was because in my mind I was seeing uh, a film that. Oh, and John Wick Three is also good. I I was I was thinking, you know what movie else is like? Oh, so uh, Hotel Artemis is like it. Ooh, and then there's that other one. I started thinking about. It, I realized that I was thinking about John Wick. Stephen Stephen says Hotel Artemis is brilliant. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It is very cool. And oh, uh, the Raid Redemption. Have you seen that, Ben? No, I have not. Not even heard of it. The Raid Redemption. You should see it. You should totally the see rave it. Rave or Raid? The Raid. R A I D. The Raid Redemption. Yeah, All right. it's amazing. Oh, uh, and speaking of amazing, hey, Betty! So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Betty's going to get lots of her teeth pulled. Come again? Too many teeth for her mouth. Uh, they're going to get pulled. Lots of her teeth. Are her baby teeth just not falling out? Um, I don't know exactly how it works. Uh, this is something that we can talk to her about to see. 
It, is she even going to want to talk about this? It sounds like a traumatizing experience. Uh, she may not. We're going to find out. Uh, <laughs> Are we? She's not come. She's not arrived yet. Uh, she's coming though. She'll she'll be here. Steven says uh, the Jennifer's... raid is unbelievable. Yeah, it it. I can't it believe is... it. Uh, and uh, this is for Steven, but for uh, the raid falls in the same category with me, like delicatessen and things like that, where the the physical motion is just as good as the rest of the mm. the film. Hey, Betty. Hello. Here, put these on. Okay. Two sets of headphones. So I, I, I want you to tell Ben what uh, what's going on with your te- which teeth are you gonna get taken out? I don't know specifically, Dad. Why are they taking your teeth? Because my mouth is weird. Duh. Okay. Um, we're gonna. I think we're gonna have to put your teeth under your pillow before or after you take money them out. For them. said before or after you take them out oh hey wait a second yeah sleep with your head under your pillow that's a smart <laughs> you wake up with a mouthful of quarters <laughs> anyways uh wait is that did we do that i think that's a joke that we did i think that's a joke that we did um i had a percussion concert and i did okay i guess yeah your dad you did okay yeah so sure. what uh what Instrument. Did what well. instrument did you play, Betty? Snare drum and cymbal and also cowbell. Right on. Did you play on the last piece? The last, last the piece? The last, last piece. No! Because that was loud. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure the band director... Because uh, in the last piece named At the Dawn of War, it's supposed to simulate, like, you know... An explosion using percussion instruments. Sounds like it can get loud. Yeah, and they they probably and the guys probably the guys probably knew that I had uh, sensory issues, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Betty's little baby ears won't be able to handle this." What? That's how they said it too when they talked to each other. No, you know, we'll we'll be we'll be the tribute. You know, Betty's little baby ears probably won't be able to handle this. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually what I, that's usually, uh, that's usually what I say whenever I, I don't understand something or when something is too much. It's like, it's too, it's too much for my little baby brain or it's too much for my little baby legs. It's too much for my little baby, I'm not going to say it. I just realized I'd be talking about you and that doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. Also, my dad came up with a cool concept of Floppy the Genderqueer Octopus. Oh, yes, Floppy the Genderqueer Octopus. And what is Floppy the Genderqueer Octopus? It's an animatronic d- concept that my dad came up with. Um, we found out that the, the guy who did the Rock of Fire explosion for Chobis Pizza uh, is kind of not a cool dude. And so we were trying to think of what we would need to do, and I realized we would need to make our own. Oh, maybe if it were a band, he'd like sue because it was his idea. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a, a, a group of animatronics that are inclusive and therefore uh, not, problematic. not problematic. And one of them is Floppy, the genderqueer octopus. Gotcha. 
I have, I have bequeathed that character to Betty. She can do anything she wants to with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. And Betty's pretty awesome. She is wearing a t-shirt from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah. Look at that. So I Betty, would not have known mm -hmm. that. Can you believe it? You've stayed to the very end of the show. Wow! This is the end of the show. We're we're gonna. Okay, goodbye. Go, oh no! Wait, we're but you're so close to, to being. Goodbye. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, we almost did it. If I hadn't said anything. Well, before we go, uh, a couple more comments from Stephen in the chat. He says people are so worried about dogs in films. The movie The Mountain Between Us, starring Kate Winslet and Idris Elba, ran ads, reassuring. Uh, their potential audience, quote, don't worry, the dog lives. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mind you, there were no ads about whether either uh, Elba or Winslet lived, just the assurance that the dog was safe. Hey, that's all that we care about in the that's end. We... And is your dog safe? Edward is safe, yes. He's not right, Edward. <laughs> he's also a beagle. Yeah. Uh, he's a... Beagle Wawa. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Yep. Chihuahua. A Chihuigle. Beagle and Dachshund. Yeah. A Chihuigle. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a Chihuigle would work. Oh, my gosh. Ben, that's great. Ben, you called it. <laughs> Edward the Chihuigle. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And with that. And by it, I mean Edward. Uh-oh. And with that, we gotta go! I'm, I'm getting a phone call oh, so, hey. that I have to take. So, uh... Alright, well... Good talking uh, to you, Paul. I'll talk to you later then, Ben. Alright, Yep. Keep bye. it wrong. Keep it wrong. Wow, super quick ending on this one. Uh, well, except I'm still talking. Hello. But isn't that always the way, dear listener? Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. And until then, please, keep it wrong.